Meet the Aquanics is now sponsored by Audible.com. As part of this sponsorship, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial so you can check out the range of titles that they're offering. Currently, Audible has over 180,000 books to choose from for either your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. To help support this podcast, please go to www.audibletrial.com slash And now, on with our next episode. Okay, uh, thanks everyone uh, for those of you joining us live and for uh, those also tuning in after the fact on, on iTunes or, or SoundCloud. Uh, welcome to our 20th episode of, of Meet the Aquanics today. Um, we had a bit of a delay from yesterday and we're about a half an hour late, but uh, hopefully that should be all right since most of you listen uh, offline. So today I'm very happy to have Damien Markham, uh, who's a permanent researcher at CNRS uh, in France and is attached to Paris Tech in, in Paris. Uh, and he's woken up early. He's currently in Berlin for a conference. And uh, Damien, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So uh, just to give us a bit of a, an idea of where you're coming from, because uh, you're a theorist, um, probably on the lines of a much more of a quantum information theorist. Uh, so maybe give us a bit of a, a, a brief bio and a, give us a bit of a rundown on sort of what your main interests are and, and more specifically, what are you working on at the moment? So I guess, so my background is I, I um, studied physics and when I moved to France, well, like coming up to 10 years ago soon, um, I moved to a computer science section. So somehow one of the great things I find with quantum information is it covers uh, diverse fields. And somehow, somehow like starting, starting from physics, I always thought computer science was just about learning how to program. Um, and uh, in, in, in later years, I realized it's, of course, uh, incredibly fundamental science in its own right. And so it's very exciting to see the crossover between fundamental physics and fundamental computer science and questions of what you can compute as compared to what, what laws of nature um, allow. And so my research is on, um, I'm working actually now in, we've moved institutes, so I'm still working for the CNRS, but we're now in... Uh, the University Pierre and Marie Curie in Paris. We, we've moved recently, and where where we have a centre now, a Paris Centre for Quantum Computing that we're building, which is kind of exciting um, combination of theoretical physicists, computer scientists, experimental physicists, all working together to to kind of push forward quantum technologies. And so the idea is that we're we're working on is I guess there's two main main topics that I work on. One is kind of trying to understand where, um, kind of what are the quantum features which give any advantages in quantum networks and quantum computations in the security advantages you get and the um, speed ups you get. And the other side of my work, I guess, is um, working on, on developing protocols for quantum networks. So the kind of vision of this, of this network that we have is if and when they build quantum computers, these things are going to be very big, um, at least in the first instances. And they're going to be, so not everyone's going to have these, so you're going to have a few centers where you, where these guys sit, and you want to be able to connect these guys together and use them um, in a meaningful way. And also you have small quantum devices spread across your network, and the questions are what you can do with this. So what kind of um benefits you can get over some network and then what are the kind of quantum features that allow you to allow you to get some benefit mm 
And so it kind of touches from, from a physicist's perspective, it's very exciting because it's like a new um, uh, vocabulary of questions that you can ask about the nature of reality. Okay. So, you know, before you might ask what, you know, you, you might ask what, um, what it really means to be a state or what, what, what it really means to say probabilistic measurements. Mm -hmm. Is it really probabilistic or if it's uh, um, our ignorance that doesn't allow us to predict it? And, and, in, and in quantum information, this translates to questions about uh, communication complexity. So what kind of physical laws would allow you to communicate, to, to compute certain functions fast over distance and what kind wouldn't? So it's like a new vocabulary to start asking fundamental questions about, about, about physics and the nature of reality. And the flip side is that when you start saying, you know, what, what we're able to do, that you can have some um, physical interpretation of computational speed up or security, etc. So, so it's, these it's, are it's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, uh, when, you, when you were talking about sort of the, this fundamentals and, and related to communication complexity, um, I read a uh, an after-dinner talk from Scott Aronson at QCrypt, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, where he was asking the question of, of whether or not the, the no cloning theorem in quantum mechanics, the, the fact that there's no way to perfectly copy uh, an unknown quantum state, is, is, this a, you know, is this a fundamental, is there a fundamental reason in our universe why this happens or is it just a consequence of quantum mechanics? Now, you're talking a lot about sort of communications as a means to sort of unlock more fundamental principles. Um, of how the universe works. I mean, how do you make that kind of link? Is it is is some property of communication or that the ability for for two individuals or two entities in the universe to communicate really a fundamental principle that helps you unlock these other things? So I guess so. So certainly, some people would uh, would suggest that's the case. Some people would say, you know, if I'm think, thinking about kind of fundamental principles, so if I take, you know. Um, relativity the fundamental principle is that nothing should go faster than light and some people would suggest that maybe there's a fundamental um, limitation on what nature can do in terms of either communication complexity like how how much physical systems you need to send to transmit information that that can kind of some people would argue that has a physical that has meaning as a physical principle that you can try and build up theories around this. Another principle might be kind of the difficulty, the, phys the physical difficulty of certain tasks. So you might say some, some computations should be difficult, otherwise um, nature would look very different. So, so yeah, so some people try, so that's kind of one thing you might do, kind of going that direction. You might say, well, if I could solve an NP-complete problem, um, instantaneously then this sounds a bit too ridiculous for nature so you know so if you and, and you can take such an argument and you can say well what effect would that have on um, many body physics for example and so you can certainly go both directions yeah so i mean does this have any linkage to this idea of you know a lot of people look at, at nature and sort of say well you know, nature seems to be doing these calculations all the time, and it's not taking the age of the universe to do it. Um, yeah. Does it link into this? Do we do we have sort of principles to say, well, nature is solving an NP-complete problem? 
We just don't know how to do it. So, I mean, that, that certainly motivated a lot of the progress in trying to develop quantum algorithms in the past so, and, and, and models of quantum computation. So that was certainly one of the motivations behind adiabatic quantum computation was to realize, well, what nature does very well is, um, you know, um, find equilibrium states. And so if your system is such that this equilibrium state is a solution to a difficult problem, or if you can slowly shift your equilibrium state to a state which is a solution to a good problem, then you can, um, you can kind of use this, 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 um, this, this, this thing that nature does. And so far it seems that even, you know, the best, taking the best examples of, of problems that we can understand that nature is solving, um, we don't get we don't get free MP complete solutions. If we did, we'd you know, we'd have even more funding. Yeah. So everyone always said that if you could show that quantum computing solved MP complete, none of us would have to worry about a job ever again. Yeah. Or like no one would believe us. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so, probably the more likely thing is that nobody would believe us. Certainly, you know, so in, in computer science, these, this kind of hierarchy of difficult problems, this, what they call this complexity hierarchy, the idea that some problems are genuinely difficult. Okay. So there's almost no way of actually proving that some problems are, are, um, are really difficult and some problems aren't. But if they, you know, so the way theoretical com um, complexity theory works is you say that if this is easy, then a bunch of things we really believe are hard are really easy, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And so computer science would be um, fundamentally changed um, if, if you could do this as well. It would be a huge shock. And it should but be noted that, uh, um, that, that people might think these are esoteric conversations, but I mean, in the case of sort of real world applications, if you talk about things like cryptography, I mean, cryptography is based around the ideas or at least in principle that certain problems are just too hard to solve. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it yes. does have implications. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. So exactly. So for my, you know, as a, as a scientist, the, the, the interest is very different from what the real world interest would be, but it will be massive changes for the, um, for, for society indeed and, and technology. And the way that we would communicate, and that's that's kind of a big, um, I guess you know, like um, a big uh, motivating force behind the development of fields like post-quantum crypto. Like you know, we know quantum computers can do certain things which would um, uh, give uh, question to current security on the internet. And there's big big work now on this. If and when they build a quantum computer, what do you do in such a situation? Okay. And of course, one solution is you use quantum, uh, quantum crypto. But this is very still early stages of how that's going to work and how that's going to solve the problem of secure communication. I guess. And it's also this idea. I remember talking with with Michelle Mosca from Waterloo. If you seeing him talk, and it's sort of it's not the idea of what you're communicating when a quantum computer exists. It's there are ideas about, you know, you've locked files that uh, may already be on the internet or other people who shouldn't have them already have them and they're encrypted with, with techniques that could be broken with quantum computing, um, regardless of whether it takes 10 years or 20 years for a quantum computer to actually exist, these files can still be unlocked. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this um, long-term security, I guess they, they, they call it. Absolutely. If you, it's it's not just, as you say, it's not just a problem for, um, that we can push aside for, to think about in 10 years. If secrets that we're writing now are still important in 10 years to keep secret, then uh, we need to be thinking about it now. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, no, I agree. So just to get back sort of on a more personal thing for you, I mean, mm -hmm. if you go through and sort of read your papers, you do sort of straddle um, this sort of more fundamental side of quantum information theory and sort of the more practical side. I mean, in terms of personal interest, I mean, where do you lean or do you sort of really just go back and forth depending so, yeah, on... Um, I'm, I'm total flip-flop. So I find it like it's... it's um, that's one of the exciting things for me is that you can... On the one hand, ask these these deep questions about foundations of science, of physics and computer science, and on the other hand, you know, how can I use this thing, and when can I, and how 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 might we build it, and and how would it be useful for communications and, uh, and all these things? And somehow, for me at least personally, um, uh, it, it I've, I find kind of working on the more practical side good grounding. So, you know, I, I, I don't really have the right to talk about these big questions unless I really understand how a quantum computer or quantum communication systems might look like and how they, yeah. Well, I think it's a good way to, to, to teach yourself is to try to build something and you figure out where all yeah. the holes are. Yeah, I have to say that I'm not actually building it, but I'm working with people who are building it and I'm trying to understand how they build it. But, yeah. That's enough. We're, we're both theorists. We both aren't yeah. allowed in labs. Yeah, I've been in a, I've been in a lab a few times and um, it didn't work out well. <laughs> so, I haven't been banned from the labs yet, but it could be close. Yeah, I've got a soft ban. I think people just don't think it's a good idea for me to be around this equipment. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about. So you said you've, you've moved from Paris Tech to to Nutty, uh, So we just, so we we've just yeah physically moved institutes before we were um, so. I'm working our group in um, uh, Paris 6, University of Paris 6, is myself, um, Alham Kashefi, a computer scientist, who you know both Alham and Eleanor Diamanti, who's an experimental physicist. So what's really nice with our group is that we kind of cover this, this spectrum of, uh, of specialities. And this is, you know, what, what allows me to work really on uh, from more practical aspects of building a network and what you can do with a quantum network to these kind of fundamental questions is this broad spectrum of, of, uh, of collaborations. That's kind of one of the important things. And it's taken a long time to be able to, and that's one of the ideas behind this Paris Center for Quantum Computing as well. And it takes a long time and a lot of kind of effort to, to build these collaborations and to build the language to speak to each other. Mm -hmm. so, you know, coming from, from for, for a theoretical physicist to talk to an experimental physicist is already kind of difficult enough and you have to build up a, um, a common language that you can talk and understand each other in. And then um, to go to computer science as well is even more. So it's taken, so one of the things that we enjoy the most in our, in our team is kind of being able to talk to these three communities um, at the same time. And that's given rise to this Paris Centre of Quantum Computing, which is basically a group of labs of computer scientists, of theoretical physicists, of experimental physicists, mathematicians, philosophers, anyone who's interested in quantum 
um, information and quantum uh, communication and computation. And so we have this kind of community where we all uh, work together and try and try and speak and understand. Towards so this I mean, goal. it's it's you, Elham, and, and Eleni and Marie Curie, but I mean that's obviously not the entire centre. No, no, that's right. So so we're here. So the team that we um, previously we were in uh, Telecom Paritech, which now so Elham, um, sorry, uh, Roman Aliyum and Isabel Zakin are still there. And so they, they have an experimental group and, and theory in quantum crypto still there. We work with a group of Iodanis Karanidis in uh, another university in Paris. We work with the group of Nicolas Treps in uh, actually in the same university, but a different department from us in, uh, in Paris. So there's many groups. This Paris Center for Quantum Computing, there's many groups in and around, in and around Paris who, who work on this field, yeah. But it's sort of headed by you guys. You're sort of the central node, just managing node. Well, so, you want to talk about? So it, it's headed by Iordanis Karanidis, who's in uh, Paris Diderot University, Paris Seven. Mm -hmm. um, and at the moment, we have two physical spaces. So up until recently, it was more a kind of virtual network. So we meet regularly. We have um, every month or so, we have a, a scientific meeting where we all get together and discuss our research directions, um, which is always kind of fun when you've got such a broad range of, of expertise. Um, and recently we got some physical space. So now we have physical space in our university and in, in Paris 7. So if anybody wants to visit Paris, by the way, give us a shout. We're, we're happy to host. And now we have some space where we could talk in PCQC. Well, I, I put a link below and I'll put a link in the description to, to the center's new website so everyone can, can check it out. And get yeah. contact with you. Um, so in sort of the broader context of, of, of quantum computing and what's happening globally, I mean, we were talking offline just before we started uh, the actual live stream about this, this recent 1 billion euro uh, funding announcement from the European Union um, mm. that the details still yet to be flushed out, but uh, as you were saying offline, there's obviously a lot of meetings, a lot of conversations, a lot of email back and forths between various researchers around the continent uh, talking about how this thing's going to actually be used. Um, so yeah. from the European context and from, from the context of the French, um, can you give us any information as to, to where you think this is going um, when it comes to this investment, or at least the conversations you've been having? I guess I guess there's been like one one big change um, in the in the last in the last maybe even six months that we notice a lot more is the uh, general interest in quantum information, especially from industry. So I think that the the big change, at least that I see, is that there's the in the next years there'll be much more for France at least. One of the big changes in kind of how the community will work, I think, will be a much closer connection to industry. So people really want to talk about how 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 these devices one day are going to be um, um, built and manufactured on a on a meaningful industrial scale, I guess, and what and what these would mean. To, you know, so 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 in france in particular for example i guess the speciality is more on the theory side we have very strong um computer science and, and theoretical physics 
on the experimental side, the, the strengths are historically have been in, um, in quantum information, at least have been in um, quantum cryptography, so there's and quantum communication, and then the development of very specialized um, systems for encoding qubits. Um, and so, yeah, I think the 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 the, the, the directions in France will, will be mostly around these, I guess. And so uh, is there much, think, yeah. Sorry, is there much uh, talk in sort of, obviously this is going to be a big European-wide uh, mm. research project. Uh, are teams already sort of discussing, setting themselves up to sort of cross collaborations between countries, uh, you know, the same sort of thing that you've done in Paris, you know, bringing together the computer scientists, yeah. the experimentalists, the theorists, um, all under sort of one umbrella, as, as many places have done, both uh, in Europe and throughout the world. Yeah, as you say, there's kind of more um, more of these kind of centres like like ours in Paris and Delft and um, others. So in Europe, there's there's already lots of collaborations, international collaborations that have been kind of seeded by um, previous European Union grants, I guess. So certainly, there's there's um, there's lots of talk and discussions about who's going, about how how different teams will form in different directions, but it's kind of very early stages at the moment. So more, it's more kind of people, I guess, trying to um, work out what are the strengths here and what are the strengths there and how best to, to put them all together and how this how this billion euros is going to be spent. Is it going to be spent in developing particular centres or is it going to be more evenly spread out? Still, still, it's not. Still yes, and, and trying to fit the money in in the context of the UK quantum hubs and the Brexit and all yeah. the other yeah. troubles that are yeah. going on at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, yeah. It's kind of a been, been a very big boost. And so, uh, you know, aside aside from the kind of the the financing of the European Union, um, big interest from industry. So, for example, in, in, in Paris, um, Atos Bull, which is one of the big manufacturers of supercomputers, of, um, they're even hiring positions in, in quantum information now, mm -hmm. in, a, in a company which previously hadn't. And so big, big companies are now starting to approach us to talk about sharing PhD students and uh, um, um, build groups within the their companies so this is a big exciting change so do you have much links with directly with industry at this point or at least the paris center itself is, is anything being formalized so, so it's all very does, yeah so so we're in um pc so frederick manez is uh talking a lot with atos bull about uh, um about this development so in, in kind, of, kind of computer science how 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 what so they build supercomputers in Atos Bull. So one set of questions is what you can do with these supercomputers to try and um, test what's going on when someone tells you they've got a quantum computer. That was you actually want... going to be my next question: is yeah. to, to to what, especially a lot of the times when I ask or when I talk to the, these more private sector focused people, is do they have anything in mind? I mean, have they yes. researched this? Do they already have an idea of what they want these machines for? So I think so at the moment, as far as I can see, it's um, so you know there's 
there's well-known, um, everyone knows the main algorithms, what they are, but the question is how you're going to apply these and where they're going to be useful. And so the, the big recent change is that people, big companies want to understand what these things can do. And so Atos Bolt, so part of it is understanding how, what their expertise is in um, supercomputing can, can, can add, to, add to the picture. And the other question is what you can do with these guys. So what exactly, I think, I think in, in the next few years, we'll see a lot of um, development in how, uh, in, in the possible applications of even existing quantum algorithms. So we're getting up until, oh, sorry, um, we're getting to basically our last five minutes. We've, we've agreed to keep this one fairly short because uh, you've got a lot of interesting talks to, to go off and see today and for the rest of the week. Um, so you're at TQC in, in Berlin. Yes. So this is, um, remind me, what's TQC? Theoretical quantum computing? Yes. And so it's kind of, that was, I, think, I think that's the, the titles, Theoretical Quantum Computing and Communication. So it kind of covers computation and communication now. So uh, in terms of, of anything, you know, for, for those of you who are in Berlin or those of you who might be listening from Berlin, who might be interested you know, to perhaps stop by if you're allowed to, um, what's going on there this week that sort of perked your attention? So there's, um, yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of talks on, um, so most of the talks are on quantum computing and quantum information theory, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of particular topics. That are there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to check the schedule. But there's, you know, there's, there's a there's, there's a lot of a lot of great talks. Well, I mean, this is generally how it works. You, you show up there and then you figure out afterwards which one you decided you liked. Yeah. yeah. So in the last few minutes, as I, as I usually do with everyone uh, that, that comes on this podcast, is to, to, you know, take a bit of a guess in, you know, the next five or ten years of development worldwide, both in terms of, of hardware and maybe even more on the theoretical side. Um, what kind of predict, what, what do you think, what would be a plausible prediction of, or at least what you're hoping to see in the next ten years? Um, for example, Andrea Morello from, from UNSW a couple of weeks ago, he, he gave a very interesting prediction about understanding more about quantum chaos theory and how that uh, applies to quantum computing. Um, but is there, is there any sort of interesting little niche or, or really something nagging at you that you would like to see happen either from a fun foundational side or from a, a technology side? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think... Um... Aside, aside from, I think, you know, in the next 10 years, we'll, we'll see some, I, I hope, and uh, I'm not the expert to say, but lots of people who are very smart suggest that we should see some, some proper quantum computing and some um, uh, demonstrations of a like, tangible quantum advantage, um, which, which will be incredibly exciting. And point, you know, there'll be the steps towards this big quantum computational power that you have. But I guess the, another exciting um, vision for me about what might happen in the next 10 years would be how, uh, 
how a network of these things might work in, in, and having many small, smaller quantum devices. So you might have, for example, you know, the, the, the size of your iPhone or, or whatever you could have. You could have small devices which allow you to communicate through quantum channels to each other. And so such a thing would allow you to do secure, secure communication, for example, but also you could do interesting stuff with um, um, delegated quantum tasks, which aren't necessarily even computation, like uh, delegated quantum sensing. So if you wanted to, you know, you might have, you might have a, a quantum sensor and we want to do some collaborative work on, 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 on a large scale sensing and we could do so through these quantum channels and, and our small quantum devices without even talking about a quantum computer. And then, you know, in the far future, you've got everyone's got their quantum iPhone or whatever. And you've got, if you, if you think about the way networks work now, so you've got all these devices connecting together and you get people who, who make whole, whole careers in studying the kind of social network effects of okay. these things. And so how might this change when you've got uh, quantum connections could be really interesting. So, you know, we know from statistical physics that once you've got quantum interacting particles behave statistically differently than if you model them classically. So you've got your boson and fermion statistics. These things, uh, these things depend on their kind of quantum, quantum interaction. So once you've got quantum interactions through our iPhones, maybe, maybe you'll see emergence of new um, phenomena in terms of network theory, which would be, so for me, this is a kind of cool, exciting. Uh, yeah, I must admit that, that one intrigues me as well. Um, so nothing on the foundational front. I mean, a lot of people like adapting, you know, quantum information to, to ask questions about things like the black hole information paradox and, and a few of these other more fundamental things. Is there, is there any particular favorite of yours? So, uh, not, 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 nothing that kind of springs to mind in terms of answering these, these, uh, these big questions, more, more a kind of general, um, um, development in that you're, you know, so these kind of questions about new, new ways of interactions, and uh, how how the, these network interactions and how they relate to uh, the physics we see in many body physics, for example, is exciting. But, yeah. Okay, so we'll basically close this out in the next minute. You've already uh, talked about the Paris Quantum Center, and, and we'll provide a link to, to to your website in the descriptions. Uh, of the podcast. Uh, anything else finally that you want to plug? Anything interesting that's going to happen in Paris in the next couple of weeks, couple of months? Yeah, there's going to be a, um, a French, the French network meeting for quantum information and quantum crypto is going to be happening in Paris in November. I don't have the exact dates, but maybe I can send you to put in the link as well. So that's okay. happening in, in Telecom Paris Tech where, where we were up until recently. So Eleni Diamantes and Isabel Zakin are organizing, organizing this meeting. The network's called ICFA, GDR. It's just the name of the network in France. And so that's kind of, there's a lot of, they're having some big speakers come in and um, it should be a very exciting meeting. I think it'll be a good occasion for anyone who's in or around France and wants to see what's going on in, in France to come and see that. Well, I assume the uh, the links and that will be on your website on the news yeah, of coming events. So if people can just yeah. go there and, and see what's happening. Absolutely. 
So yeah. we'll close it out so you can go get some breakfast and then and head off to TQC. So once again, Damien, thanks for, for joining us on this uh, our 20th episode. Great. Okay. Great. So thanks again, everyone, for those joining in live or for those downloading later. Uh, we should have our next episode next week. Uh, just got to confirm uh, who's going to come on and join us. Um, but as usual, check out our YouTube channel and Twitter feed. Uh, once those dates and times are confirmed, uh, I'll put the links up. So thanks again, everyone. Cheers.